Hello friends, I'm Vance Rains, Senior Pastor of First Church Coral Springs. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this is a source of inspiration and faith as you grow in your walk with Christ. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. A reading from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. The word of God for the people of God. And um, before I go on, today is Memorial Day, and I would just like to offer a prayer because uh, it's different here. Um, just a prayer for Memorial Day. Let us pray. Gracious God, we come today remembering all those who grieve today because of the sacrifice of their loved ones. And Lord, the rest of us remember all who have given so much for the many things we take for granted. And so God, speak to us. Help us to be purveyors of peace that others would not have to lose their lives. But we remember today those who have. We lift up families and loved ones and friends. Amen. So people in general do not know how to live as Christians, but they sure know how you should live as a Christian. 
Can't you just hear folks say, I can't believe this one does this or that, and he or she's a Christian? No. Have you ever heard those? Yeah, they're Christians and they shouldn't do that. See, the people out there who don't really believe all of this know that an, an encounter with Jesus makes a difference, or at least it should they know that there are ordinary people who have done extraordinary things because they live in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Being in Christ makes a difference. Church makes a difference. Tell that to all the people who are not here today. Church makes a difference. The body of Christ makes a difference. The power of God in the lives of human beings makes a difference. We are able to forgive. That is not humanly natural. We are able to love the unlovely. You know some people are very difficult to, live, to love. But we've been empowered to love. We've been able to give up self-destructive behavior. Brothers and sisters, the best part of all of this is that God wants this for everybody, not just those of us sitting here. No one is to be excluded. God wants everyone to have this relationship. God has been calling ordinary people and has not stopped. That includes, my friends, to today. We read some accounts in the Bible of people called out for a purpose. Moses, if you remember, if, even if you don't remember, just work with me. <laughs> Moses in Exodus, Samuel in 1 Samuel, Jonah in Jonah chapter 1, he was called to go to Nineveh. He decided, I don't want to do this. So he was going to do what he wanted to do. And then every child knows he got eaten by the fish, right? <laughs> then Jesus called 12 disciples, still calling, including Bartholomew. Have you ever read anywhere in the Bible anything that Bartholomew did? No, it's not recorded. Thanks, Eric. It's not a trick question. Some of us are just called to be silent intercessors, to be in the background. Jesus called him. We don't read where he did anything. I'm sure he did, but we don't read about it. He's just been calling people into relationship. Saul was called on the Damascus Road as he was going to persecute Christians. Remember that one? And how he got blinded in a miraculous form. God called him. Some of us, my friends, like Moses, has to see the whole city burn down before we will ever respond. He only saw a burning bush. Every person is created for a unique purpose and is given a set of gifts to accomplish them. 
all of us have been uniquely gifted. We are all equipped to do what God wants us to do. We can choose to do that if we hold fast to three truths, just a few of them, not very long today. God calls all types of people to serve in the kingdom. That's the first one. God calls all types of people. God calls women and men. God calls straight and gay. God calls black and white and yellow and purple and pink. God calls all sorts of people to serve in the kingdom. The founder of Habitat for Humanity is an ordinary Christian just like us. And look what he did. Dart Groups, the founder of that justice ministry that works with congregations just like this one where people see problems in their community and, and research the issue and find out who is responsible to make a difference and thousands of them will show up at a meeting and challenge the lawmakers or school board leaders or whoever it is to say, what will you do about this? Ordinary people sitting in pews. People who say, third graders, too many third graders are not reading at third grade levels. And instead of building prisons accordingly, why don't you change the program so these children can read? Ordinary people like us, like us. You know, think of your own call. How God took you from where you were and brought you to where you are. Some of us still have a long way to go, and some of us are well on our way. We have progressive calls, successive calls. You know, it's not necessarily more perks, because often the way of Jesus is downward mobility by society standards. We just go deeper in relationship with him. But every relationship has two sides. It's not like those people on the Dr. Phil show. I used to watch Dr. Phil a lot. I love Dr. Phil. And people would come on the show and they said, well, I had no idea I was going to, it, one was so upset and was planning to leave. And I'm thinking, if you're in a relationship and you don't know the other one is so unhappy, I guess it's been ended a long time, right? But every relationship has two sides. And what does God ask of us? Micah 6 verse 8 tells us, The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is what God asks us. Do what is right. Love mercy. This church is great at loving mercy. We do a lot of mercy ministries. And to walk humbly with God. 52 
weeks, 52 Sundays a year, we talk about ways that we can walk humbly with God. But you know, some of us have been bringing God along rather than walking humbly with God, but I'll get back to that. Walking humbly enables us to listen and follow the voice of God. We can follow fully trusting that God is with us. Isaiah 41 verses 10 and 13 tells us, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. For I hold you by your right hand, I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. We can trust that the will of God will never lead us where the grace of God will not keep us. Walking humbly, brothers and sisters, entails a lot, a lot of listening and yielding. But the second point is that God gives us a choice. We've been given free will, and we can say no, or we can say yes. It's just that simple. We can say no to getting on God's agenda. We can choose to be Lord of our lives and masters of our own universe. But we cannot stay where we are and go with God. You cannot stay where you are and go with God. We all want the power that comes with saying yes, and I know it is difficult. People have been empowered to do all sorts of wonderful things, overcome setbacks, healed of diseases, anxiety, depression, all sorts of stuff, healed by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Jesus living in them. We want all of that, but we've got to say yes to him. God continues to call all of us into relationship, ordinary people. It is not God's will that any of us should be left out. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says, God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. He is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. Yes, it is difficult to say yes, for there are many barriers. There are the naysayers. Why would you want to do that? There's no money in it. You're not going to have any fun doing that kind of thing. Those people, why would you want to be one of them? In a previous congregation I pastored, I used to tell them all the time, if you know this Jesus and he is so good, why don't you tell others? Yes, we all have bad behaviors that are distracting to others, and yes, we think other people won't want the Jesus we know because we don't live a perfect life. Well, none of us is perfect. Newsflash. None of us is perfect. 
but the Jesus we serve is and is loving and embracing. So I help them. I, you know, they'd say, uh, Pastor, when I talk to people, they say, there are too many hypocrites in church. You ever heard that? Yeah, okay. So I helped them with some language. I said, if you think they are bad now, you should have seen them before they came. <laughs> it works for you too. When you invite people and they tell you that, you just let them know, if you think I'm rotten now, you should have seen me before I started coming. Those people, of course we want to be one of them. There are people who discourage us because it's just not the popular thing to do. Some of us here are considering saying yes for the very first time. For the very first time, we're considering that we could put our faith and trust in a holy God and walk alongside someone who will never leave us or forsake us. If you've never done it, brothers and sisters, try it. 30-day money-back guarantee. <laughs> if it doesn't work in 30 days, if you don't find the peace that comes with a life in Christ, give it back and go back to the way you are now, right? You're not going to lose anything, right, Mom? 30 days, put your faith and trust in Jesus. Though many of us have been in church for years, we have never said yes to going any deeper than our initial experience with God. It may have been Sunday school. Some of us grew up in church. This is all we know, coming to church. But we've never taken the step to say, is there more to this life than just coming to church? We have never trusted the God who created us to be master, to be Lord of us. We sang I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord of what? Lord of my life. Lord of your life. Do you believe it? Do you put your whole faith and trust in him? There is so much more to this or than this ordinary life. Saying yes to Jesus comes in many forms. Sometimes we are already serving and we've been led in another direction. There are ordinary people right here among you right now who have chosen to yield to the prompting of the Spirit. And they've done what they've been asked. For many, this is just a way of life. For a long time, I sat in the pews, and I knew God was calling me, and I just didn't want to. I get it. I just didn't want to. I don't want to deal with church people. I grew up in the church. I knew how they can be. And I didn't want to do it. 
And I tried and tried and tried. I served in all sorts of ways outside the church. I didn't get involved inside the church because I just knew how church people are. We're all a work in progress. It's nothing horrible. It's just that people on the outside know they need Jesus. Us on the inside, we're a little shaky. And so for me, it was just easier, easier for me to be on the outside. But one day I was driving home from work. I was living in Melbourne at the time. And just as I came over the causeway on my way home from a particularly difficult day, there was a rainbow. And God said to me, see, I set this rainbow here to remind you of how much I love you. It seems quirky, it seems corny, but my life has never been the same ever since. Successive calls. So for years, I served in a community where, where very wealthy people lost their children to drug addiction and prostitution, trying to get these young women to remember, to understand that God loves them. Change your life. Just come alongside them. At the crack of dawn on Saturday mornings, an old lady who mentored me, um, she was in her early 80s, had done this in New York and retired to Florida. And the two of us will just go and set up a sidewalk cafe in this neighborhood. Um, a table, about three tables and six chairs, and, and we'll just make coffee, buy coffee and give them donuts, and just talk to these women. And God would work and work and work and work in me. And one Saturday morning, um, some of you already know this story. A woman named Mary came by. She was a nurse who had, had fallen into, into prostitution and drug addiction. And she came up to us and we're trying to get Mary, turn yourself in, no life in hiding from the police anymore. And you need to get your life back in order. And Mary knew more scripture than probably all of us combined. I mean, she just knew the Bible. And God spoke to me that morning and said, I need you to go to seminary so you can help the Marys of the world. People oppressed and stuck in bondage. I didn't argue anymore after that. That was my third call to ministry that I answered. God continues to call ordinary people like me, like you, into service for him, into relationship. Will you? Will you trust him? Will you go? The more we trust, the more we can obey. The more we obey, the more we can trust. Will you try it? Jim Elliott, a missionary to Ecuador, reminds us that he is no fool who loses what he cannot keep 
to gain what he cannot lose. Brothers and sisters, will you go? When he calls, will you move onto God's agenda? Would you use your gifts as God has given them to you? You know, saying yes often begins with a discontent inside. And I just want you to know that not everything you see or hear, everybody sees or hears. It is for you. It doesn't matter how new a Christian you are, how old a Christian you are, how old chronologically you are, it doesn't matter. God calls us from our ordinary lives to move us onto his agenda to an extraordinary life. Saying yes brings an indescribable peace. Will you? Will you try it? If we want to go from our ordinary to God's extraordinary, we must choose to follow Jesus. We must say yes to what he asks of us. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. I'm not going to sing it for you today. I'm going to spare you. Yes, some know I can't sing. That's why they laugh. But God equips those who are called. You don't have to worry, brothers and sisters, that you don't know what to do or how to do it. God calls you. You say yes. And God tells you what to do. Listen to Paul on this account in Acts chapter 16 as he was using his gifts. <clears throat> And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mycenae, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul had already answered his call. He was already doing what God had called him to do and what God had gifted him to do. But he had been walking so close with the Lord that when the Spirit said, stop, he could stop. He wanted to go and preach. That's what he's been gifted to do. The Spirit said, don't go. And he didn't. Brothers and sisters, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God will not keep you. There is so much more to saying yes. 
There is so much more. It is knowing that there is a deeper level than the ordinary. We have to be willing to say yes to follow God. We have to be willing in order to experience the fullness that God has for us. Yes, there are stumbling blocks. And believe me, I wanted to preach today about women in ministry. Um, I know there are some, some verses in the Bible that people hang on to and say women shouldn't preach. And I so wanted to stand here today, but the Spirit told me no. On Wednesday evening, gather here and speak in a dialogue about the subject rather than me just telling you. So at 6.30 on Wednesday evening, meet me in the conference room by the church office. If you ever want to talk about this, if you have your questions, that will be, this will be the place where we can dialogue about these scriptures. We can go in-depth. And whatever hang-up you have about women preachers, we'll get it ironed out on Wednesday. Because God told me not to talk about it today. Our carnal selves get in the way. It's hard to say yes. But will you try it? God is calling you, some for the first time, some to go deeper. We all want the benefits of what it means to say yes. God is calling. You can choose to say yes. God gives you what you need in your gifting to do what he's created you to do. Brothers and sisters, what is God asking of you? Will you trust him? Will you do it? Thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information about First Church and our ministries, visit us online at welovefirst.church.